Hey church, so excited for what God is doing through our church family in this season. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Mark, and I'm glad to have an opportunity to be with you, uh, here with you today. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a dreamer. So I have a little bit of a confession to make. I had this dream growing up that I would go on to make it in the NBA. That I would go on to make it in the NBA. And if it wasn't for the stage, I wouldn't be so tall. See, that dream ended way before I knew it because I didn't have the right height. I didn't have the right skill level. And I didn't have the just the sheer determination. Matt, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but one of the guys in our church invited me to fill in for his basketball league and the other team absolutely, I mean, absolutely smoked us. They went ahead and tripled our score. I'm not even playing. So the chances of me making the NBA were slim, really slim. For perspective, with about 500,000 high school boys playing basketball at any given time, only 16,000 of them will go on to make an appearance in any of the three college divisions. To take it one step further, only 110 of those college players will be called up to make an NBA appearance. Just a, just a cameo appearance. That is a crazy drop-off. And every year, hundreds of young men that have prepared years and years of their lives from around the world prepare for the NBA draft in hopes that their name would be called by the NBA commissioner. And so, out of those hundreds of young men, only 60 of them will actually hear their name called. <clears throat> the message that I'm bringing to you today is for the one that has been called by God. And if you haven't been called by God yet, know that you are loved by Jesus. But you can tune out anything I say. So much can be said about the players that have come out of unimaginable circumstances such as a, a player growing up in an inner city situation, a player that suffered extreme loss of a loved one growing up, or maybe even a player that suffered a severe injury. My point is that it's so easy to glamorize the stories of people who have been through that kind of breakthrough. And so as we relate that to our journey with God, no doubt we thank God for the miracles and I really don't want to take that for granted. But it's easy to hear those stories and to count ourselves out, to just bench ourselves from being used by God for His kingdom. Because maybe we don't have that awesome, inspiring story. So maybe you say things like, well, it's been a while since I've been back in church. Well, I haven't prayed in a while. Or, I'm just not good enough. Whatever the case may be, God is not waiting for you to be good enough to be used by Him. 
<clears throat> and I came here today to tell you that God can use you right where you're at. As I talk about the draft, I liken it to the journey that we have with God because the chances of us being called by God were slim to none because all have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 But to the one he, who he has called, he has called you to be one of his own, one of his own children, a son, a daughter. How unlikely, but how beautiful is that? And so I want to read to you one of these, uh, read to you this scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And if you're following along, we're in NIV. For it says, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Praise God. You see, and I'll be really honest because throughout this internship, I have struggled with doubting my calling. And it's easy to lose sight of your calling when you let your circumstances define you. When you let your location define your outlook on your future. And I say that because I come from, from Stockton and it's easy to get caught up in just the constant uh, news, just the, the constant uh, desperation that you just see out on the streets. Um, also, it can be really easy to lose sight of your calling when you live apart from the community that God designed for you. When you live apart from the family of God. <clears throat> but is that really the life that God has for you? Maybe you've seen disapproval from family members or friends for the things that you're trying to do for God. <clears throat> Maybe you're living in an area that is scarce in resources. Maybe you struggle in isolation. This is God's reminder that you belong to him and that you are a part of his family. And so here's the truth. If your calling was based on your circumstances, you would have never been called. And so the chances of God calling us on being with us, dwelling with us, were slim, really slim. But 2,000 years ago, friend, he closed the gap and he showed the world how much location and circumstances can be used for his glory. So if you're following along, let's go on a short journey to Luke 2, 6 through 7. This is going to be good.
says, while they were there, <clears throat> for context, this is, uh, this is the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph are there in the <clears throat> small town of Bethlehem. And so it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. See, God didn't provide the savior of the world with a luxurious inn, but Jesus was brought into a world of humble surroundings. It wasn't a big metro town, it was small town Bethlehem. And it's amazing what God can do with humble beginnings. There was no doctors or nurses around to get things in order. Joseph must have knocked out in the barn or the cave. <clears throat> See, when we do God's will, we are not always promised comfortable lives. However, he does promise us that he will guide us and provide us for all that we need. And so meanwhile, this is happening, the birth of the Savior. There were a group of guys whose job was to herd sheep. And so if you just stay along, uh, stay with me here, I'm going somewhere with it. And there were, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And so this is just, uh, <clears throat> just the next verse down. So in a completely separate place of where Jesus is born, there's an important conversation that is about to take place between an, an angel and these shepherds. You see, back then, if you were a shepherd, you were considered low class. And it's interesting that an angel would choose to, co to come and talk to these, uh, these shepherds. So the angel announces to the crew of shepherds, uh, this is a little bit later uh, down in verse 11, and it says, Later, uh, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There will be a sign to you. He, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Did you catch that? You see, the angel that was sent by God knew the location of the birth. The angel that was sent by God knew who the baby was made to be and even just to show off, he named what the baby would be wrapped in. Wrapped in cloths in a manger. And so as it's mentioned that Jesus was born in a manger, this was not the place where the Jews had expected their Messiah to be born. They, they probably expected for the baby to be born in gold linens in a royal palace. 
see, God knows your need intimately. And he will meet it as we do his will, as you do his will. And it might not look the way that you expect it to be, but he knows exactly what you need. And so I came here to tell you that God is at work wherever there's a need. And there will always be a need so long as there's, there are people who don't know Jesus. <clears throat> so this means that you can be from the middle of nowhere, but you have been called. You can be from the inner city, but friend, you have been called. You can be from a small town in Africa, but you have been called. We have been called to a royal priesthood. And how unlikely. But that is God's will for you. That none would perish. Not me. And not your friends, not your family. See, God knows who you are and he knows where you are going. <clears throat> over and over again in the Bible, we also see how God used people in the most unlikely of circumstances. If there's anyone who says, God can't use me, well, Mary was too young, Joseph was too old, Peter couldn't catch fish, and he was a fisherman. Lazarus was dead. So what is in the way of you and God's call for your life? Less than two years ago, I was living in complete sin with my addiction to pornography. And to be honest, I had baskets of laundry that needed to be put away. Pastor Brian helped me in mentoring me out of the addiction of pornography. And a couple months ago, I was given the position of being the director for our free clothing center at the New Life Dream Center. And through the past couple of months, we have had the opportunity to serve anywhere from 160 to 200 people on a monthly basis. Who could have known that little old me would be called into a ministry where keeping clothes nice and organized is such a vital part to the ministry. I wouldn't have known, but God knew. I'm not saying that I have it all figured out or that I'm completely free from <clears throat> the grip of sin. I still deal with it today but I'm choosing to put one foot in front of the other. And I'm choosing to trust God that, that He is with me, that He has never left me. <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but I'm choosing to go on the mission with Jesus. And my goal is to see as many people, to see as many people as possible to come along with me in the journey, to become a part of the family. And so it's easy to think that going on mission with Jesus means going overseas or going to a faraway place 
where not even a soul knows you by name. But the truth is, you probably have someone right across from you, that you probably have someone right across from you, from your house, who doesn't even know Jesus, who doesn't even know that Jesus loves them. Or maybe that person is within your household. Or maybe that person is at your workplace. For God has called us for such a time as this. How unlikely. But he has called us to be part of a royal priesthood where we can share his goodness, where we can see others be called out of the darkness and into his light. And so as the online campus, we get that you aren't able to serve in the same capacity that some of the folks at our physical campuses can. But please hear me when I say this. Your part matters. That's for any invite that you send to a family member or a friend to one of our uh, Saturday services. That's for any time that you say hello or leave a hand wave in the comments. Maybe you could even have a friend or two over for a watch party for online church. Friend, your part matters and is vital to the health of our online campus and to sharing the goodness of Jesus. See, we might have 1,300 followers on our New New Life Network page. It can be really easy to just settle and to pat ourselves on the back, but there are still millions of people that have never heard the name of Jesus. So even if you only reach one person with the goodness of Jesus, friend, that is still worth it. If I could share a story, and I won't mention the lady's name, but there's a lady within our online campus who faithfully attends. And there was a period of about five weeks where she had a broken hip. And her only way to have church was through the online campus. And so, you know who you are. I'm so glad that you have uh, continued to stick with the online campus. And I look forward to seeing you back, um, back in person. But there's this Filipino proverb that says, Matibay ang walis, palibhasay magkabikis. Mom, if you're watching, I hope I got that right. <laughs> uh, but it means a broom is sturdy because its strands are tightly bound. <clears throat> and so, You don't have to be a genius to know that. You're not getting anything with just one strand. And so you might think to yourself, but I'm just one person. Friend, understand that you are part of the greatest movement that this world has ever seen. And that is the family of God, the capital C Church, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, 
the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And we are going to win the loss for Jesus, the Savior that came for us some 2,000 years ago. And we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. I want to read to you one last scripture. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I want to close with this one last question. So if we're going on the mission with Jesus for our friends who have yet to know his goodness, where can we start? Maybe by tagging a friend in the comments for a live stream message. Maybe having that watch party for a church service at your house and you can invite them for Christmas snacks or <clears throat> maybe a time of uh, white elephant. Maybe asking a friend if they need prayer for anything and praying for them on the spot. Friend, your part matters. And so uh, let me go ahead and pray for you. God, we thank you that you have called us out of the darkness and into your light. Father, I pray for the person that is watching, whether that's live or later on or on a podcast. Would you continue to guide each of us in our calling? God, we thank you that we can look forward to the day that you will wipe every tear. For now, God, would you continue to lead us and direct us to share your hope in this world? Would you give us the boldness and courage to live out the life that you have called us to? We thank you for loving each of us faithfully. And I pray that you would continue to equip us as your church to reach the lost. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, new life.